Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Great to be with you. And our theme today is relax, it's going to be okay. Relax, it's going to be okay. And there's a couple of things I want to mention here before I launch into our theme is uh, next month, in the month of October, I want to invite you to a unique opportunity uh, to attend through live stream a one-day emotionally healthy leadership live stream experience, October 22nd. And as pastors and leaders, we're facing a future that uh, unlike any we've had probably in our lifetimes. And uh, we're going to be offering as an experience of the theology we talk about every week here in the podcast, uh, a four-hour experience and sharing some critical tools like Genogram and Sabbath and uh, what it means to be grounded deeply in Jesus for the long haul so that you and your team can catch a fresh vision of the kind of discipleship and leadership development we're going to have to engage in uh, in the days ahead of us. So uh, I want to encourage you, uh, check out our website, emotionallyhealthy.org, to register. Uh, the cost is $99 up through September 30th, and uh, check that out. You'll be well worth your time. And then I also want to continue to invite you to submit questions and comments um, for future podcasts to me. A number of you have done that from the last time I've mentioned it. Really appreciate hearing from you. I'm looking for more of a dialogue than a one-way conversation, and it is really helpful to hear from you, and I do read all the comments, so that would be fantastic. But today, let's launch into our theme, which is relax. It's going to be okay. We are living uh, at a time of cascading crises, uh, and the only verse I could think of and uh, that describes the days we're in is when Jesus was talking about the end of the world in Matthew 24, he has this one line. He says, these are the beginning of earth birth pangs. And he's describing, you know, the end of history when there'll be you know, earthquakes and famines and wars, etc. And then he goes, but these are just the beginnings of birth pangs. And, you know, birth pangs are interesting, you know, because uh, his point is something's being birthed. You know, there's going to be a, a moment's going to come in time. Where it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But prior to that, uh, we're going to experience these pangs or crises. And uh, again, you don't know if a baby's going to come on the 5th or the 15th or the 50th or the 500th uh, labor pain. Uh, and so you're attentive because you know that baby's coming. Well, Jesus said so it's going to be with his coming as well. And such a rich truth for us living in these days because uh, it seems like we have one crisis after the other. It began, with, of course, with the pandemic, COVID-19, uh, which immediately launched into the next crisis, which was a global recession, uh, in worse in some parts of the world than the others. And of course, that led to all this disruption on multiple levels of our churches, our workplaces, our finances, our friendships, our understanding of vacations and summers, all that. And then at least here in the, the United States, and we had the reawakening of the historic racial injustice uh, dilemma around Black Lives Matter, and the whole country went into uh, protests. On, it was very, uh, very intense birth pang. And then uh, now it's been followed by a, a very uh, acute uh, political polarization that I've not seen in my lifetime, and few of us have, at least here around the elections in the United States, uh, where people have actually even been talking about what's going to happen. This Could there be actually a civil war with this uh, election? And so churches are finding themselves, and pastors and leaders, we're finding ourselves in the midst of another crisis um, going on around us. And so even before 
these birth pangs began pre-COVID, there was an epidemic of stress. In fact, two-thirds of doctor visits are stress-related. Uh, and, and so our, our context, that which I'm very aware I'm, I'm giving this theme of relax, it's going to be okay, is uh, a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and a lot of tension. In fact, uh, Barna Research just came out with a study that pastors are struggling at unprecedented levels, uh, never before seen in our lifetime. And they gave it, they saw four trends uh, in our churches happening all at the same time. One is there's a mental health crisis that's uh, massive and growing. Secondly, that there's a problem of loneliness that's growing larger and larger. And the younger you are, the greater the anxiety about the loneliness. Then there are uh, growing relational strains under new pressure, whether it's marriages, singles, parents with kids. And then they have found that addictions have deepened uh, as well. And and so again, the, 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 the we're living in a time of acute, sharp anxiety that shows no signs of letting up. And so at the same time, it is a new day. Um, I believe that there's an invitation from God uh, in the midst of these labor pains and to to receive from him, to listen to him, to hear him and get re-equipped for a new day so we can lead our people well. So anxiety rubs off on people. It's transmitted and absorbed without even thinking. And anxiety is like electricity, actually. It's uh, And you need a circuit breaker for your family, for the workplace, uh, for our churches. And so if you figure, think of electricity flowing, you, you've got to you know, we've got to somehow become circuit breakers where we can absorb it um, and become a non-anxious presence. So we become the circuit breakers and we lower the voltage and the anxiety around us. But that is our work. And so I want to take you to perhaps my favorite, if my top five favorite texts of scripture and found in John chapter six. And about it's about learning to relax in Jesus what that looks like. Because if you can learn this, not only will your quality of life be better, I'm talking about your joy, your health, your sleep, but most importantly, you'll become a circuit breaker uh, in absorbing rather than transmitting people's anxiety. And you'll actually become a gift to all those around you, just like Jesus. And if anyone was surrounded by anxiety, it was Jesus. And the world offers a lot of different ways to relax. You know, you can go for a massage and go on a vacation, go to a spa, go to hiking or the beach or nature or museums, whatever it might be. And they're all good. But Jesus was asked a question um, in John 6, actually verse 28. He says, what must we do to do the work God requires? And he answered, the work of God is this, to believe or trust in the one he has sent, which I'm going to explain later, uh, as a great theologian said, the best way to translate that word is to relax in the one he has sent. This is the work of God, to relax in the one he has sent. Before I expose a little bit and apply that text, I want to give you a bit of context here in John 6, because it's so relevant to what we're living in today. In this, We're in a storm. And then the story begins with the disciples out in a boat, and they're driven by a great wind, and, the, and it's, it's dark, it's rough, the water, they're in the middle of the sea, and Jesus is not there. Uh, and we are in a stormy time, uh, a dangerous time, 
and it can seem like Jesus is not there. And so they're three to four miles out in the boat, and then they see Jesus walking on the sea and making his way towards the boat. And it says they're terrified. Uh, and, and so Jesus says to them, I am, don't be terrified. It is I, it says in English, but actually in, in Greek, it's I am. It's the great word from Exodus chapter 3, 14, when God reveals himself to Moses, I am who I am. Jesus reveals himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I am, don't be terrified. And then they were willing to take him into the boat. And it says immediately they reached the shore where they were heading. And uh, in, in this age of such anxiety, uh, we want to hear those words, I am from Jesus. Don't be terrified or do not be afraid. And what's so interesting is a miracle within the miracle. Jesus gets in the boat, at least in John 6, they immediately reach the other side of the lake. They're at their destination. And uh, when we take Jesus in our boat, friends, we've actually arrived. Uh, and I have no doubt that just like it was in the days of the disciples, so it is in our day, uh, there are moments that Jesus tests us difficult or impossible situations so that he can reveal his glory and reveal who he is to us in new ways. And this is one of those times uh, in our lifetimes when there are revelations and insights about Jesus that are now coming if we would listen to him. Now, the whole purpose of the Gospel of John is to trust in Jesus. 98 times, it says uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, things like, you know, this book was written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, every time it uses the word to believe, it means to trust. And actually, it's a present tense in the original Greek language. And it means that, that you may be trusting moment by moment in him. That the whole goal of the Gospel of John is that we would trust Jesus uh, every moment, continually, day by day. And the the great translation of trusting uh, from a theologian named Bruner was that modern translation means to relax in Jesus. That the whole goal of the Gospel of John is to teach us to relax in Jesus. Now, I love this. Uh, yes, Jesus died for my sins. He's a substitute for my sins. He bore my punishment. I became a Christian. He rose from the dead. But my life as a Christ follower is to be relaxing in Jesus trusting him, listening to him. It's not a once and for all experience. That's discipleship, but relaxing in him. And so as the story goes on, uh, you know, Jesus, the, the Jesus had fed the 5,000, the crowds are coming to him. And so they ask Jesus, what must we do to do the work God requires? They ask for, what's the works? I'm sorry, what, what, what's the works that God requires? And so when they're asking for works, they have in mind such things as prayer, acts of mercy, giving, studying scripture. But Jesus says there's only one work, and that is to believe or to be trusting in the one he has sent, this ongoing, moment-by-moment, day-by-day kind of way. And uh, again, Frederick Dale Bruner, the theologian, captures the richness of this kind of trust. And here's what he writes, relaxing in Jesus is a good modern translation of trusting in or believing in. We relax by allowing ourselves to be held by him, regardless of the storms and circumstances in which we find ourselves. I want you to think about that for a moment. Relax in Jesus. If you think about it, isn't this the goal of everything we do, including worship, preaching, small groups, programming, classes, outreach, serving, giving? We want to 
lead people to relax in Jesus. And Jesus says, if you get this work right, trusting him, relaxing in him, uh, if we make that our work, he will take care of the rest. Everything else will flow out of that. So relax. Now, this, of course, is easier to talk about than to actually live because we're surrounded by the anxiety of what's going on around us. Again, uh, everything from the political arena to economics to COVID-19, etc. And so, but we sometimes forget that Jesus actually, you know, he models for us something in the way he even unfolded it himself. And the passage goes on where uh, there was a massive defection of disciples that, that quit Jesus at this point. And uh, he probably had you know 10,000 people plus following him. And he starts teaching these difficult things about he's the bread of life, I'm the bread from heaven. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have any part in me. And then it says everyone left. They all walked away from Jesus except for the 12. Uh, imagine thousands walking away. And, and then even only in Judas is one of the 12 that remains. And uh, yet Jesus makes three statements uh, about his own relaxing in the Father. And he says, he's relaxed. Even though thousands are leaving, he says, all those the Father gives me will come to me. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him to me. This is why I told you, unless the Father's, no one can come to me unless the Father's enabled him. And he repeats it three different times. And he understands that the Father is sovereign over the universe and the world, and he's got a plan. And God's responsible for that mission and plan. And that it's ultimately, it's the work of God who draws people to, to Jesus. And it's the work of God that keeps them there as well. And, and he's just got such a relaxed posture in the Father. He trusts the Father is responsible and will send the right people to him at the right time. And he models a steady contentment in doing the Father's will and God's way and according to God's timetable. Now, I don't know how relaxed you would be in those circumstances. I know uh, normally I would not be. Uh, but what happens, that Jesus' brothers uh, panic because everyone's left Jesus. And so they, they panic and pull out a strategy to say, Jesus, get to Jerusalem as soon as possible because nobody who wants to be a public figure uh, doesn't go to Jerusalem. You've got to get out there in public. So again, you can draw some people to yourself. Show yourself to the world. And uh, they think Jesus needs a better strategy. And, and, uh, but again, Jesus doesn't see it that way. Uh, he doesn't force something to happen. He doesn't, he's not striving. He's not anxious. He, he, uh, he's living by the Father's guidance. Uh, he is in a healthy way. He has let go of his plans for the Father's plans. Uh, he, he doesn't do best practices. And he says, the right time for me has not yet come. But for you, any time is right. And he rejects all the gods of the world that we find we're surrounded by pulling us away to attachment. You know, Jesus rejects being popular. He rejects being a success by the world's standards. He rejects being great by the world's standards. And he embraces suffering and failure, at least in the world's eyes. Um, and so he's got it. The Father's in charge of the mission. Everything's fine, even if it looks like everything is falling apart. Jesus relaxes. So what does it look like to relax? You know, how do we relax within the context of all this going on around us? And and let me just say to you, this is your most important work. I know it's my most important work because you understand, unless we are being in a place of non-anxious uh, presence before the Father, how can we give this to other people? The fact that the Lord God is on the throne. Now, we can say it, but not actually live it. But again, it's what we live that gets transmitted to other people.
Um, that's why uh, this is so core to the season that we're in right now that we learn to relax. Now, one of the ways I know that I'm relaxing is, is one, I'm, I'm actually enjoying communion with Jesus uh, on a daily basis. I, 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 I'm listening to my body uh, because my body is a major prophet, not a minor prophet, we like to say. In other words, I can feel the stress in my body. And that is a, when I'm feeling it, that is, a, that is God coming to me saying, Pete, you need to adjust your rhythms so you can get into a place of being relaxed. Uh, I'm less triggered. I know I'm relaxing when I'm less triggered by things going astray. I'm, I'm actually present to the beauty and the wonder going on around me. There's lots of beauty. Life is a miracle. Uh, I've got a deep sense of knowing. I know I'm relaxing when I've got a deep sense of knowing that I've got nothing to gain and nothing to lose. I, I want only God's will. I'm, I'm in a healthy way. I'm detached. I'm, I, I've let go. I'm not clinging to anything. And so, yes, the ministry, uh, I think at least you know, every church because of the pandemic uh, has shrunk. Uh, we don't have a handle. We can't hold it on all of our people like we did before, seeing them on a weekly basis. And uh, we can't hold it together. It's God alone who can hold it together. But when I have a deep sense of everything's okay, I know I'm relaxing in Jesus. I'm trusting in him. Uh, I'm content. Uh, when, I, when I'm receiving God's gifts of limits, I'm just, okay, there's limits right now all around me. I'm not going to work 24-7. I had a pastor say to me, I'm working harder than ever. Uh, and as a result, I'm exhausted. Well, there's a gift of limits that God gives us. Uh, rather than fighting the limits and ignoring the limits and denying them, you need time to actually get positioned to relax in Jesus. You need time to actually rest and Sabbath. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But these limits are set by God as, as uh, boundaries to protect you, make you safe, and to help you relax, which is the goal of Jesus. This is the work of God, is to relax and uh, you know, letting God's presence in our, in our lives. So just think about it. How, how many of you need guidance right now? I mean, I, I'm always looking for guidance, right? And, and, you know, and I think people in our churches are all looking for guidance. What school should I go to? Do I, who do I date? And where do I move? And how do I do spending? And I, and I just love when Jesus says, you know, uh, when he says to Thomas, when Thomas says, Lord, we don't have the foggiest idea, foggiest idea where you're going. So how can we know the way there? And Jesus says to him, I'm the way, uh, the truth and the life. But I'm the way. In other words, he's, he's the direction that I'm looking for and you're looking for and our people are looking for i jesus is the way he's a direction you're looking for he's we want to make sure we're inviting him in the boat like every moment of the day because he's actually the destination so we're going to ask ourselves am i relaxed are you relaxed and i want to invite you and watch your body the stress the anxiety the tightness in your shoulders maybe your back because our bodies know before our minds. Now, when I think about my family of origin, my family of origin, uh, the middle name is anxiety. We've talked about genograms many times here before. Uh, the genogram of my family, going back generations, is one of anxiety. And uh, it's in my DNA. We, again, we just pass it on generation to generation. My mother was just a, she was a, a nervous wreck. And um, we had this whole Italian um my mother was steeped in kind of this Italian, going back to Naples, Italy, half Catholicism, half superstition uh, of Scorpio and all these things of, of being the evil eye. And I played on the varsity basketball team. And I remember my mother screaming, you can't go to this game because the bus is going to crash. And 
Uh, I had an uncle who never took a plane because it was going to crash and uh, just anxiety, not being able to change jobs and uh, the over over functioning, doing for others what, you, what they can and should do for themselves. Uh, classic in my family kind of flows out of anxiety and uh, whether it was new situations, weather, failures, the future. Um, it's just so deep in me. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's in my bones. And listen, I can be there on using Google Maps or Waze for directions. And I really, I, 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 I struggle to trust it because of anxiety. I, how, do, how do they know? It's only a machine. It's artificial intelligence. And, and, and so my number one work, and I want to invite you in the midst of these cascading birth pangs in which we find ourselves, is to get positioned with Jesus, to relax in him, to let yourself be held by him. In other words, you know, to be attached to Jesus, abiding in him, where you're actually experiencing safety of being in Jesus. It's experiencing security of being in Jesus because uh, you know, the world's okay. And, and, and being soothed by Jesus. Um, my home is in Jesus. He's ultimately safe. He is secure. He soothes. And really, the, the three great messages of Scripture, aren't they? It's, God says, I love you. But it gets beyond your head. It actually gets in your being. And you say, I don't, I, I, it's not getting in my being. And I just know for me, when I'm having trouble getting into my being, I've got to restructure. I need time. And I need time alone. I don't know what you need. I, I got to get alone uh, with him. And so the three messages, God speaks, I love you. Do not be afraid. And I will never leave you. Love it. I, I love you. Do not be afraid. I will never leave you. Relax. I mean, those, those are, I mean, and those command, you know, I love you. I do not be afraid. I will never leave you. And we find that, you know, throughout scripture. And so, you know, it's interesting for me, I, I didn't make the big transition into relax in Jesus uh, until I'd been a Christian over you know, 25 years. And actually it was, it was, it's when I had the conversion I call the contemplative conversion uh, and, and really got exposed to monasticism, in particular silence and stillness before God. Prior to that, I didn't do much silence and stillness before 2003. And I knew the verses, be still and know that I am God, but I didn't know them. It was just head knowledge. I preached, it was text to preach from. But it was through, you know, spending time and experiencing with Trappist monks and others, large chunks of silence and stillness that I discovered a number of things that I began to move out into my own practice of being still and silent before God because they just weren't part of my Christian life. But they enabled me to enter into relaxing. And, and, I, and I, I discovered some things such as, oh, there's actually... a inside of me, just like there is in every human being, a longing for silence and stillness. Discover that the Holy Spirit's inside of me, not just outside, but he's actually moving in the movements of my heart, that God's speaking and revealing himself. And he's got a lot to say to me if I just be quiet and still. And I did find out God was saying a a ton. Uh, And that uh, Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2 is very true, that unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Uh, and that there's no rush, uh, that my goal didn't need to be, you know, all the goals I had for our ministry and church, my goal needed to be him. And I began to wait on the Lord 
not to get something, not for my goals to be accomplished, not for the church to grow and blossom, not for this to get fixed. But I began to wait on the Lord and to simply wait on the Lord. That was such a shift. It was a, it really was a letting go of my will and my my goals. I had directions and kind of general goals, but I wasn't holding on to them anymore. I didn't have to have them. And it, it was really the great uh, Meister Eckhart teaching that if I can let go and cling to nothing but him, Jesus can be birthed in me just like he was birthed in Mary, and he can come forth. Uh, and so uh, some can, some keys to relaxing in Jesus and uh, are things like silence, stillness, scripture, uh, I, I hope you're in scripture just for being in scripture. Um, you know, I've been meditating on uh, so this. The, uh, I've been in Philippians and praying Philippians for the last couple of months, and where where Paul says, you know, he says, you know, your citizenship is in heaven. Then he goes on and goes, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God uh, and the God of the peace of God will guard your heart. But he just says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. And I thought, my goodness, what a fantastic, what a text. Paul had so much turmoil in his life, and yet he's just such a, he's in such a place of non-anxiousness. He's so relaxed. And again, what that guy went through, and he had so much turmoil all around him and so much uncertainty. And he wrote that from, uh, he wrote that letter of Philippians in the midst of prison. Um, and, and I know I need companions spiritually, and I've, I've got some that, again, who are in this journey with me. And we all need companions to help us stay relaxed. And we need Sabbaths uh, and time for self-reflection, the journal and the examine. And, uh, and I, I just love in Habakkuk when in the time of the great storm of the Babylonians invading Israel uh, uh, in uh, 587, 586 uh, BC, talk about a chaos and a storm. They're going to be wiped out. The Lord speaks to Habakkuk the prophet and says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. What a text for today, isn't it? The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. What the, what the church and what the world needs from us right now is not strategists and, and uh, leaders who can you know, see the accelerating trends that we've got to adapt to, which is, which is important. I'm, I'm all for it. But folks, that we actually uh, see the Lord in his holy temple and we can relax before him. Jesus, uh, we're in a transition and Jesus likes to test us and mature us from time to time to bring us uh, into a new revelation of him. And so, uh, again, if you think you're in control, you're probably lost. And so let me invite you to trust, uh, to surrender. Uh, I can think of few practices more critical than simple silence and stillness be for the Lord. So get comfortable, open up your hands up towards God, take a nice deep breath. Maybe close your eyes and uh, just Jesus, just, you know, Abba. And rest assured, if you're not in a storm now, uh, you will be. Uh, We do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, every follower of Jesus. Now, it looks like we're in one corporately together. And so the Lord invites you, relax. It's going to be okay. Just like when Jesus said to them as they were on the boat in the storm, straining with those oars to make it happen and get to the side, Jesus says, I am. 
Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. So again, let me invite you to, uh, you know, to get to our unique opportunity in October and a few weeks from now uh, to our Emotionally Healthy Leadership One Day Livestream Conference. If you want to come to that, check out our website, emotionallyhealthy.org, uh, to register. And uh, I want to just pray that the good hand would rest upon you today, that you would be that non-anxious circuit breaker for your people. And that God will, you'll listen to him. You'll, 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 you'll go the way of Jesus because he will show you the way of how you can learn to relax in him in the midst of the chaos around us, in the midst of the birth pangs around us. I, he has a path for you. He is that path. And he'll give you the details along the way. Remember he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We sheep, we're kind of, we're dumb, you know, we, we're dumb. We don't hear real well, but the shepherd is the one we're trusting and not our ability to hear. We're going to trust in his ability to lead us. And he even gets through people like me who are quite dumb and perhaps someone like yourself who's also hard of hearing. But he is the good shepherd and he's going to lead you. And if you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, don't worry. His rod and staff, they will comfort you. So thank you, everybody. It's been so good to be with you. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. Look forward to being with you next week.